0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to your latest Liverpool Blood Red podcast with Christian Walsh, your regular host. Ian Doyle is not here this week, which is a you know quite quite a surprise, considering he, he works every single day that uh, God gives him. He's uh, sitting in the uh, Saint Helen's sunshine, frazzling, but in here in a lovely air-conditioned studio, uh, I am with the Liverpool correspondent, both home and away, James Pearce. Hello, James. Hello. I am with Joe Rimmer.
1: Hello. Hello, Christian.
0: New City and then said yeah, How said how dare you? Yeah. Uh, and I'm also with tall Paul Ghosts.
2: Hello, Christian.
0: He's very tall. Uh, <laughs> what wasn't so tall? Or was was Liverpool's performance against Chelsea uh, a bit of a disappointing result in the uh, in the in the Sunday sunshine? It was actually a good start by Liverpool, wasn't it, James? But it just seemed to all unravel once Olivier Giroud put them ahead. What you know? What were you, what were your general thoughts? And is this the fatal blow that some have been saying it is? It's Certainly not a fatal blow.
3: No, um, I think you're right. Liverpool did start the game well. They were the, much the better team for the first half an hour up to Giroud's header. Um, you know, Chelsea you know, were quite happy to back off and and let Liverpool dominate possession. Um, Mane led the charge, and you know you kind of thought, you know this this is exactly what we wanted to see. But the problem was, you know the the goal just changed the game because you know it it gave Chelsea something to hold on to. Um, and I think it just deflated Liverpool a bit. I think, and then I think what happened in the second half was, was the, the, the physical and the mental demands of that midweek in in Rome came back to cost it cost Liverpool because I, I just don't think they had anything left in the tank. I don't, I don't think you could accuse you know people say did they have one eye on Kiev or did they think about Real Madrid? I don't think it was anything like that. I don't think, I don't think it was a case of players slacking it off. I just think Liverpool lacked their general sharpness against, you know, a very well drilled Chelsea back line that, that dropped deeper and deeper and starved the front three of of space to operate in and Liverpool found it really, really difficult to create anything of note. So uh, yeah, disappointing afternoon, but, you know, there were mitigating circumstances for that result, there's no doubt about that.
0: I mean, Joe, it's not like there's not been a precedent when it comes to this sort of situation for Liverpool. Happened in 2005, yeah. and, and they obviously finished fifth then. Happened in 2007 when they already had top four sewn up. Don't most teams who are, who are at this stage of the season end end up, you know, throwing a few games in this way? Especially to a team like Chelsea, who you know mightn't be having the best season, but they're still Premier League champions.
1: Oh yeah, it's still a very, very tough place to go, isn't it? And I think, I think James is spot on. I, I I don't think you can emphasise enough how much that performance in midweek will have taken its toll on Liverpool. They've basically got Klopp's got hardly any room to manoeuvre in terms of his squad now with the amount of injuries they've got. So it's essentially the same 11 players almost that had to, to operate in, in Rome and, and I think it's going to take its toll and it's going to be tough for them to get through games like that. I think one of the plus points now is that they've got a full week now where they can have a bit of rest Train again, start preparing for Brighton, and then they've got a bit of time again to, to approach the Champions League final. So, I think it's only natural. The, obviously, the reaction is always a little bit strange nowadays. The defeat's always a little bit over the top, it seems, with social media and whatnot. But um, plenty to be positive about. And I don't think it was the world's worst result. There, you know, you'd, you'd have liked to have seen a draw, but you'd have taken, you'd have taken beating Brighton on the final day and, and being in the Champions League final. Um as as a before the season started certainly. I
0: mean there's obviously been a bit of disappointment, isn't there ghostly that they needed four points, was it, from the last five mm. games, they've only got what are, what is it, uh, what they need to win, so they've only got one of those yeah, yeah. from three. Uh well, I think you know, you look at Liverpool when they did this in two thousand and seven for example, they already had top four sewn up. The Liverpool are on 70, 71 points, Seventy two. Seventy two yeah. points. In most seasons, that will be enough for Liverpool to be home and hosed already. Passports booked, whatever. They are in next season's Champions League. It happened in 2007, for example. I think they were on 67. I've looked at it up before. And I think fifth place Bolton and fifth place um, Everton were, were, were yeah. like 14 points behind. The standard of, of the Premier League in the top six, at least, has, has really ranked up a notch over the past 24 months, if you will, two years. Liverpool, the first team really to to be doing this, to reach a Champions League final since twenty twelve from England. Now, is that something that some fans who have been a little bit doom, you know, a bit doom and gloom, need to to realise that? I think Liverpool, the first team who have gone this far for six years, and it's pretty much coincides with when since the Premier League became this massive, you know, top six entity, if you will. have, have Liverpool fans just got a, the ones who were, who were really negative about the results, just realise that. It's 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 really hard to juggle those two when when your Premier League is so hard
2: and the Champions League is such a difficult competition to get through. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, you, you mentioned two thousand and seven. Then back then it was it was a top four, wasn't it? And it was basically ring fenced, and it was the same four teams every season. This year now you have got Chelsea and, and, and Tottenham. It's it's a top six, isn't it? With Arsenal as well. So, um, people kind of need to, to have a little wear with themselves, with the, the the questioning Klopp and you know the saying all that kind of stuff because the pill what is it, less than three weeks time they're going to be in the Champions League final, first one for 11 years, and Brighton at home on the last day to secure a place in next season's Champions League, first their consecutive Champions League finishes since 2009, was it? So I think, you know, a bit, of, a bit of perspective and a bit of common sense, and you know, going to Chelsea and, and getting beat 1-0, it's, it's never the end of the world, you know, Liverpool, with all the energy and the emotion that went into Wednesday yeah. night, it was kind of understandable, they're, they're a bit wary. Um, kind of run on, on MC at the moment. Arthur clubs Klopp's basically got his 11 players, and you look at who we can bring on to sign that, you know, effect change in, in games. And, that it's Dominic Solanke, who's 20 years old and yet to score the senior goal. Alberto Moreno at left back. So there's options to stretch. So, you know, anyone who's kind of doom mongering at the moment, just, just a bit more perspective needs to be applied yeah. in, in these type of situations. I think it shouldn't be overlooked, should it? You know, Champions League final. Biggest game of club football, and they're going there with a, a huge chance to, to be, basically become become legends, really. Everybody's mentioned Rome. There, I mean,
0: tired minds and tired legs. I feel after Rome is with with Jürgen Klopp's club style of football. It's so it, there's such fine margins to it. If you're not even a, you know, if you're only at ninety percent either mentally or physically, James, do, do you feel like that's where this can sometimes fall down? You have to be on top of your game for for the whole game, don't you? Yeah, it's the way. You know,
3: this clock team operates best when it's, you know, it's absolutely flying in terms of tempo and intensity. And it wasn't a massive surprise that that wasn't, that wasn't there at Stamford Bridge. And Virgil van Dijk stopped in the mix zone in Rome in midweek and talked about how hard it is physically to be part of this Liverpool team and, and the demands expected of you. But he said, you know, he's embraced it, he loves it. But it's not a great surprise that you can't, you know, they're not not robots. Are they? You, know, you can't. Just deliver at that level day after day after day, um, and uh, you know as of said it is tough trying to juggle the domestic and European demands. It doesn't matter. People obviously point to the the lack of depth at the moment, um, but you know we asked Real Madrid. You know Real Madrid are 15 points behind Barcelona, nowhere near um, even part of the title race in in Spain. Yet yeah, they've made it through to the Champions League final. You ask Man City, the runaway Ch- Premier League champions, but you know got a 5-1 hiding over two legs against liverpool only ever once been past the quarterfinals finals in in champions league this season you know united couldn't handle the you know the twin demands went out to a pretty average seville team um tottenham as well you know didn't arsenal it's it's very very hard to to, to just keep on going and going on on two fronts and yeah it's it's frustrating in a way that liverpool haven't got the job done because i think ideally you know, it would have almost have been like a glorified testimonial. The Brighton game, in terms of giving key men a, a day off, you know, you might even have seen a situation where you know, like a Curtis Jones got given a debut or something like that. Of course, you know, that was completely out the window. Now it's, as Klopp said himself, you know, it feels like they've now got two finals. But it might not be the worst thing either. You know, to to have a game like that to, you know, Liverpool know they need to get back to their best ahead of ahead of Madrid, and you know, it's. It's it's just going to be a you know a massive day at, at, when when Brighton come to Anfield on on Sunday and you know let's not forget Brighton are safe you know they've got nothing to play for I think they've got the second worst away record in the Premier League and they only Stoke have picked up fewer points on their travels this season so as Joe said you know if someone had said back in August that you have to be Brighton at home to get in the top four and then you've got two weeks to prepare for Real Madrid in the Champions League final I think you'd have taken that
0: Man City midweek as well so. You'll imagine they'll be doing a fair bit of running around as well, you know, to, to, to hopefully become come to Anfield a little bit, a little bit tired. You know, that said, I think Manny was very good personally. I thought he was probably the yeah, best player. Fair bit of worry surrounding Firmino and Salah Joe. just just in recent weeks as, as the levels just dropped. Or can you just attest this to? It's you know it's roaming away. That's a hard game. Bit of a disjointed performance in the Premier League, and then yesterday was just one of those days.
1: Yeah, I think so. I, I'm personally not getting worried about either of their performances. I think you look at the first half in Rome, I thought they both played quite well and they both contributed. All right, Salah's been quiet, but I think that can happen with that front three. You know, when one of them's got the bit between their teeth, quite often they see a lot of the ball, for example, Manet, both in Rome and, and, and yesterday. And, and Salah is almost there to just occupy defenders' minds. And I, I'm not worried about that. I think. I think Liverpool look tired. That's the worry. That the, the team uh, demanding seasons taking its toll on, on what is a, a fairly thin squad, and and they've got a lot of injuries. You know, you, I suppose you, you look at the squad and you think about how thin it is, and whilst it's tempted to say, oh, they should have signed more midfielders or more forwards, but then the flip side of that is how often do you get three big injuries to players like Lana Chan and, and uh, Oxley Oxlade- Chamberlain. Means- you know, you. you if you had two of them fit you wouldn't be so worried would you So, and it would give you more options even in the forward three to change so I'm not too worried about their performances I just think that um, I think the break now will do them good before Brighton the two week break before Real Madrid will do them good and hopefully then they're much fitter and firing going into those two games and don't forget as well I think we, we all were all talking about Brighton about it being at this play to win to get in the Champions League well Chelsea or Tottenham could still drop points you know, they both got two more games, so they both have midweek games, and Chelsea could drop points. They don't look brilliant at the moment, Chelsea. So um, we it could be academic, couldn't it? By the time we get to the weekend, so uh, there's still a chance in that.
0: I mean, you look at you look at that top, the Tottenham, you look at Chelsea, and you look at Liverpool now. Which which side do you think benefits? Which side which I would you like? To, would you, as a Liverpool fan like to see miss out is, is my point I suppose in between Chelsea and Tottenham it, it, it's interesting isn't it because I, I think Tottenham have obviously done well off the back of the top four but then you don't really want Chelsea to be in the top four
2: so I mean if Liverpool are to get one of those top four berths who, who would you quite like to see slip up? Um, probably Chelsea to be honest I think um, Liverpool and Tottenham always seem to be kind of likened um, alongside each other and Ch- Chelsea would obviously but where the champions come into this season, I think it should be interesting to to see them out of the Champions League. Um, you know, see Tottenham in there again. But I think if if you give me that choice, I'd I'd go for, for, uh, for Tottenham in the top four above Chelsea. But that's just my own personal preference.
1: I, uh, you know, I, I, just as you were saying that, I thought about it, and obviously just from a sort of fan point of view, you'd like to see Chelsea out of there because it's always nice to see them miss out <laughs> on things, but saying that, it could have a bigger impact, because Chelsea would just change their manager, spend a load of money probably get straight back in, Tottenham it could really hurt them, couldn't it, because they could lose key players, their, their development which has been very good under Pochettino it could knock them back, far further, and maybe even knock them out of the, the run into being this top five or six, so um, yeah, maybe it, maybe it would hurt them more than it would hurt Chelsea, so maybe Tottenham
0: well, I suppose Sheldon Pool have seen us You know, equals to Tottenham, so that's that's where it comes in. You know, that's why it's so important to Liverpool. James, I'll 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 throw an allegation at you. Not guilty. Uh, It's not it's not towards you. It's towards Firmino, Manny and Salah. It's Jermaine Genus who said that he believes uh, Liverpool's front three have become selfish.
3: Yeah. Codswallop. Yeah, yeah. I think (laughs) that'd be a polite way of describing it. Um, I think it's just one of these things, isn't it? Where when suddenly. A couple of results don't don't go your way. People are, are looking for reasons, and and I thought that was a bit of a bizarre explanation. Um You know, he, he basically was he was referring mainly to the Stadio Olimpico on when, last Wednesday night, saying that he felt they were selfish that might Well, Liverpool absolutely ruthless and clinical on the counter attack in the in the first half. Um Pretty sure I saw Firmino create a goal for, for Mane. They didn't didn't look to be playing for themselves then. Um, no, absolute nonsense. I think I think the only <laughs> the only tiny bit of grain of truth in that, and certainly not didn't relate to the Roma away game or Chelsea away. Was I think it was West Brom the other week where I think Salah you could tell Salah played like someone who had records on his mind. In terms, and there was a couple of instances in that game where I think he made decisions that that maybe he wouldn't have made if he wasn't thinking about record, but. If you go back, what was it, two weeks ago when Liverpool absolutely destroyed Roma at Anfield and, and Salah, not only did he score two, but really unselfishly created two goals that night for Firmino and Mane. You know, their success this season has been based on the fact that I don't think there is egos that gets in the way there. They, they play for each other. Well, they've got 89 goals between them. Um, no, I think it's just, you know, one of his other bizarre theories was that Liverpool players are now worried that they might get a serious injury like Oxlade-Chamberlain. He talked about it in the same piece and how, so that maybe they're holding back now and that was maybe responsible for the defeat at Chelsea. I think I, I don't know why. I don't think you need to look any deeper than the fact that Liverpool are absolutely knackered at Chelsea. And also, Chelsea are actually a decent, decent team. I mean, yeah. they've, you know, they, they've. I think they've underachieved this season. But you look at, you know, when they're bringing on players of the caliber like Willian and Pedro, essentially just to kill time towards the end. Um, you know, they. They, they made it very, very difficult and you know, it wasn't a case of Liverpool's attacking players being selfish. They just had no room to operate in and you know, they, they, they weren't sharp just because of how much they've, they've put in over the last
0: nine months. The one change Aiden Klopp did make from the, uh, from the defeat in Rome, well, felt like a win of course, was bringing in Nathaniel Klein for Trent Alexander-Arnold. It was the second time we've seen Trent in midfield. On his second start Nathaniel Klein has made ghosty this season. I mean the fact that he changed it after an hour tells you how it went, but what we I mean where, where, where is Klein at now Where where is Trent at where, 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 you know, where would you go with, with that pairing
2: yeah it's a, an interesting one as Nick was Klein was obviously so important last season and you know he's, he's barely missed a game up until this season and, and this season was was that a second appearance was it a second, second start, second start yeah. yeah Um. so you know it's, it's been a, bit of a massive disappointment for him but I think if he gets a full pre-season behind him he'll come back firing next season and just basically be you know return to, to being possibly first choice right back with um, sense that you know I've mentioned a few times he's got years on his side he's still 19 I think eventually he might develop into a central midfielder in the Premier League but at the moment he's he's perfectly placed where he is at right back and I think he'll be the one who starts in uh, in Kiev on May 26th and he'll probably start on Sunday to be honest um, should be it's it's been a personal personally a massive disappointment for for Klein uh, because he, he won a silver influential last season but. Uh, you know, full preseason under his belt, he'll come back stronger than ever. I think. Yeah.
3: I think with Klein, I think it, it would have been interesting if he'd come into the side against Chelsea and, and delivered like a really top-class performance. I think that might have been a talking point this week. You know, mm. it, it, is that suddenly a dilemma for Klopp ahead of the Champions League final? Obviously, the wealth of experience that Klein has got compared to someone like Trent. But I don't even think I don't even think it's on the agenda now because I think Klein, not surprisingly, because the amount of football he's missed, looked at an absolute. Mile off, you know. It was telling that when Klopp went to make the change in the, in the second half, what was about an hour gone? Klein yeah. was the one that got hooked off. Um, yeah, and as he said, I, you know, I, wouldn't expect Klein to start against Brighton, and, and I, I certainly wouldn't expect him to start the Champions League final unless there's any injuries. I think I think that place will belong to
0: Trent. Well, I wonder, and I'll put it to you, Joe. I wonder if what Klopp tried. The, at Sanford Bridge was a little dress rehearsal initially, for the final because. There's no doubt that Marcelo is one of Real's biggest biggest threats. I think Ronaldo mm-hmm. obviously drifts onto the left, and I just wondered would he potentially play Klein right back and then Trent in midfield just to give that right hand side of Liverpool, you know, a bit of solidity. You know, in terms of when they raid down the down the uh, down the left hand side, Real's left hand side, just gives they could double up on 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 Marcelo and, and Ronaldo. But I mean, after after that performance, I think. The one possible question mark over the team in Kiev I think we can name the team in Kiev now can't we Yeah.
1: I, th- I think we could name it before and I think you've gone mad a little you, bit there, you are not having any no only because do you play a 19 year old lad who's started two games in midfield in midfield in a, in a Champions League final I mean not, not for me I like Trent I think he's, he's a very good player and I think he probably will end up being a, a midfielder but I don't think He's experienced enough to play in a game of that magnitude in in centre of midfield. I think he will start right back. I think his his pace. Let's not forget, Marcello is a, is a really decent option for Madrid going forward, but he doesn't get back at all. If you've seen him, I mean, I watched the Bayern Munich two legs. and He literally just didn't didn't go back beyond the halfway line. He thought, I'm not not doing that. And you just wonder whether Trent, with with his pace, maybe he'd be a weapon for Liverpool going forward because. With Marcelo leaving such a big gap, Salah and and him will have a lot of space to operate. You
0: don't want to preview the game too too soon, but you know it's the Champions League final. Let's go for it. It it feels like it's a game of chicken, doesn't it? Because yeah, you yeah. got I think you got to see Salah sort of standing on the halfway line on no matter where Marcelo is, <laughs> which will obviously leave Marcelo one on one with with Trent a lot I think Milner will be yeah, a yeah. big big part of yeah. it, helping out Trent there as well, of course. But obviously, if Liverpool manage to win the ball and recycle it quickly. I mean, you saw that. If anyone saw it, El Clasico last night, I know you were on your way back, James. I don't know if you've seen the goals, but first Barcelona goal is is it could have been Liverpool. It could the, the way they counters and the way they move forward and broke Real Madrid's high line. If Liverpool, if Liverpool are brave against Real Madrid, there's going to be opportunities there a plenty It's not going
3: to be 0-0 is it? <laughs> I, think,
0: I mean, you're looking it? at what twenty five thirty three to one for a no yeah. goal scorer. Yeah.
3: No, it's. It, it's it's got the the hallmarks of an of an absolute cracker isn't it um two teams are at their best when they go forward i don't think either team will even be thinking about trying to just contain the other one and um so I mean obviously a scare for real with ronaldo going I off the like yeah. um i mean i think zidane was playing it down wasn't he afterwards seemed like it was you know pretty minor and just a, just a precaution um but uh, yeah, I suppose one worry for Liverpool was the sight of Gareth Bale whacking that one in. I didn't, like I said, I was on the way back, so we only saw the brief highlights. But that was some finish from Bale from the edge of the box, and you know, for a player that's you know hasn't had a, a fantastic season by his standards, um, you know, he has delivered in big, 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 big games for Real before. Um, yeah, and certainly him and Ronaldo, they're gonna are gonna certainly take some stop in that night.
0: And again, you know. Ronaldo comes off. They bring on Marco Asensio. James, you wrote yesterday. You mentioned it in the Stoke game as well. You know, a lack of depth for Liverpool. Yes, they do have injuries at the moment, but the squad doesn't feel like it's it's, it's still big enough. To, it's, it's incredible that they've they've reached the Champions League final. I think in terms of how how Fred Baird, the squad feels at the moment. You know, while Chelsea could call upon Willian, as you said, and Pedro, you know, Real brought on Asensio uh, at half-time, with the graces of respect, it's Moreno, it's Solanke. Um, what what do what Liverpool need to do in the summer in terms of. I mean, I suppose eyes have already started to look towards it. Obviously, we have this Nabil Fakir stuff loitering. He was asked about it in the press conference. But, you know, is it a, a case of strengthening the first 11? Do you have to strengthen the squad? Is it just about getting bodies in? Do you keep the lone players who went out this time? I mean, how does he. Basically both of the squad. What does he need? I think he probably needs four or five.
3: In, in terms of, so, so I don't. I don't think there's too much in the first eleven that needs mm. needs tinkering with. The problem is, and I think we saw it again yesterday. The, the drop off, especially in the the front line. Um, you know, Liverpool have got a front three, good as good as anything in in European football, but. And it's no criticism of Dom Solanke because, you know, again, I thought, you know, he put himself about and made a bit of an impact when he came on at Stamford Bridge. But we're talking about a young kid who hasn't even scored a senior goal. And that is, you know, that is some leap from coming on to replace Mane Salah or Firmino. Um, You know, same with Danny Ings, you know, a really willing runner. And, of course, you know, it was great to see him end his long goal drought a few weeks back. But, yeah, Liverpool need to have. Greater strength and depth up up top because you know if they because it, it's all about you want know, to you want to kick on again next season you know we all hope this season will finish with you know a top four spot and and a sixth European crown but then you know then then it's about you know how do you build on that and you know suddenly then you think well it, it's to mount a Premier League title challenge that you know to get, actually get close to the city and the only way to do that is is to have you know more quality especially. You know, further further forward. I think you know probably you need, you'll need another centre half. I think you know that that probably goes without saying. Um, you know, midfield. Ironically, you know when everyone's fit, they're actually reasonably well off, especially with Kaita coming in. Um, but the problem has been, as Joe said earlier, you know that losing Chan, Lalana, and Oxlade-Chamberlain has has hurt them so much. Of course, Chan is you know he'll actually should be back in training this week. Him and Lalana. Um, you know, Lallana potentially available for Brighton, Chan potentially available for the the Champions League final, but you know I don't think anyone really expects Henry Chan to still be around next summer. So probably even even with kaita coming in, you probably need one other option in in the middle of the park. Um, you know John W. Henry was at Stamford Bridge, wasn't he? So you know, I think surely that would have been pretty apparent to him when uh, we, we were sat not not far behind the dugout, and you could see in the second half, Klopp kind of looking behind him, thinking, you know, how am I going to change things here? And you know, obviously he had Henderson to bring on, but you know apart from that, the you know the difference in the two benches was was pretty
2: startling, really. I think the tantalising thing is, you think what could Klopp achieve if he had options? Um, I think over the last six weeks you look at the efforts and, and the you know the results he's managed to summon from thirteen or fourteen players. It's, it's been unbelievable, but now it's really starting to bite. And it's you know I can't change it because I I don't have the options. Liverpool have been really unfortunate with, with injuries in midfield. Um, that's been well documented. But, you know, as, as I mentioned on a couple of pods ago, he's got three fit midfielders for, for a team that plays three in midfield. So, you know, he's got his hands tied behind his back. Now, in the summer, you're looking at players who are going to come in and, and improve the squad as a whole. It's a bit of a tough, tough shell to say, well, come, in, come come to Liverpool, but you're not going to start ahead of Roberto Firmino or, you know, you, you, you You've got to break into the team in midfield. It's got Naby in there, or you know whatever. So it, it's quite a, a difficult sell in, in one aspect. If they're chasing players who are going to be identified as squad players, um. So in that regard, maybe he's, he's he can look to try and improve the first team, and then it's just battle it out for the place and see who impresses me week to week in training. Um, but I just kind of think if he did have the options, you know, what what could this side achieve?
0: Is this a Liverpool problem? I'm thinking back the past ten years when Liverpool have gone close. To, to trophies, you think about 2009, their first option off the bench was Ben Ayun, maybe, and then you're looking at Elzar, you're looking at Engog, players like that. 2014, Brini, John Allen was, yeah. Yeah. John was John that one sub mm. for about three weeks? Yeah. It was just that, that that was the absolute nailed on, and now you're looking at what, what, what's Liverpool's go to sub, Ings yeah. or Solanke. Yeah. I mean, how how the. Had Liverpool keep on finding themselves in this situation, I mean, obviously there are the injuries and it would be a lot different, I think. But that being said, you know, let's say if they do need a, a game-changing substitution, you're still only looking at maybe Gini Wijnaldum. You're looking at Lallana, but he hasn't been up and running much. You may be looking at Chan. you Chan. Know, Sturridge and Origi, obviously, they haven't had great loan spells anyway, but they're out on loan somewhere. You've got you know, other players out on a temporary basis how do Liverpool keep on getting themselves into this situation where they're basically relying upon 14, 15 players to see them through the most important part of the season?
1: I think in the past it's been selling players at the wrong time or letting players leave. I always point to my biggest bugbear back in 2009, I always point to it, Robbie Keane yeah. and selling him midway through the season when, alright, he, he hadn't perfectly fitted into the way Liverpool played but he'd scored something like six or seven goals in the first half of the season and, for me, he should have just stayed and been a player that comes off the bench and Liverpool have an extra option or when Torres was injured, he, he could have played. But instead, they said, oh, he didn't fit in and he was sold back off to Tottenham. And, and granted, there might have been problems behind the scenes at the time that we would later would later become apparent. But yeah, I think Paul's spot on in what he was saying earlier. What Liverpool now need to do is, in the summer, just go out like you're trying to strengthen the first 11 and then the next the season following, you let the chips fall as, fall as they may, don't you? So you have... Let's say if they went after a Pulisic or a Fikir, well, it's up to them to compete with the current front three to get in. And whoever doesn't is then a great option off the bench. And the same goes in midfield and the same goes if they buy, say, another centre-half. I know Klopp's a big fan of Lovren, but if you buy another centre-half and he performs better than Lovren, then Lovren becomes your third choice and a good third choice at that. So um, I think it's up to Liverpool to be aggressive, to sign, to, to look to sign players for the first team and not sell people and allow them almost to leave for their own career it irritated me I know he's not done a lot on loan but it irritated me to see them that storage leave because say what you want about him and his injury record but he would have been a better option off the bench than say Dominic Solanke
0: but were of his well, injured, well that's, yeah that's... his
1: injury record but then saying that as a calibre of play, they Liverpool didn't know that when they let him yeah go. of
2: course and he wouldn't got injured against it's Chelsea not, it's too. the <laughs> no. one that still, still baffles me I, I don't think I'm being wise after the events but letting Rock Origi on loan and keeping Solanke, it was kind of like you know, Origi was a lot more experienced Premier League wise. Okay, Solanke arguably performed better in pre season, but looking at, at, at that now, Origi, you know, he'd be a decent option, wouldn't he? Coming off the bench 15 20 minutes ago, he'd have a bit more confidence of him finding the net than, than Solanke. You know, Solanke's got his qualities, but you know, he's coming on to replace Roberto Firmino who's arguably you know, Europe's best number nine at the moment, isn't it? it's 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 an incredible ask for, for for such a young player, young and inexperienced player. So that Origi one always baffled me, to be honest.
0: But it's, you say it's it is an incredible feat, isn't it? The fact that Liverpool are where they are with 13, 14, you know, max 15 players at the moment. Um, you know, a little look towards Brighton. Ultimately, can they do it? You know, it. The you said before, and I think I tweeted it last night as well. You know, this is a situation many Liverpool fans and certainly I imagine Jürgen Klopp perhaps would have taken a, a, a winning year in against Brighton and the Champions League final obviously things have transpired a little differently but you know this is it's not quite up there in terms of a gimme the game way Middlesbrough was but it's, it's not it's not far off
3: no it's you know, a similar scenario isn't it to, to Middlesbrough a year ago and I think you know it, it will be that kind of occasion where it probably will be nervy to start with um you know i think brighton although they're safe you know of course that you know after the season they've had you know the, the pressure's completely off them they'll they'll want to put on a decent performance but no I, I i'm not particularly concerned i think the the massive thing that that liverpool side needs and um, was so crystal clear from the game at chelsea was, was a rest and they'll get that this week um you know, see, the, the players were in today doing a recovery session he's given them tuesday off and then back in on Wednesday um and then you know Klopp will actually get some time on the training ground to to work with them which you know he hasn't had in in recent weeks where they've just been in that constant cycle of playing and and recovery playing and recovery mm. so you know Nliana should be available um yeah I think you know, it's you know it's not ideal because you, I you would have wanted it to be done and dusted and Liverpool were you know, a Solanke header away from us being sat here now and, and, and talking about how it's all done and dusted and what a fantastic achievement it is to have back to back top four finishes but it's, you, you still wouldn't, I wouldn't the position Liverpool are in you certainly wouldn't swap it for where Tottenham are or Chelsea are Liverpool their fate's in their own hands and they've got to beat a team at home on the final day who's safe and has got nothing to play for and I don't think you can ask for much more
0: than that I mean, Surely Liverpool would already be qualified if they hadn't progressed so far in the Champions League
1: Definitely, I, I, I have no doubts about that I think yeah. I think they, they, they'd never have been going into these games as, quite as tired as they are and I, I'm, I'm, I'm certain they would have thrown more at West Brom at Stoke um, so yeah, I, I think so Edmonton. Edmonton. Edmonton, Yeah, of course oh, yeah. that that was a real change team wasn't it and the, the mad thing is, is you also think back to Stoke it was a Salah chance away from being at least 1-0, West Brom a terrible last minute um, whether you even say it was a free kick or not, um, free kick, and then Everton they they did not have their chances. I know, granted, Everton had theirs at the end. So I think Liverpool would have would have done it earlier, and I'm still confident they will. I don't think Brighton are a team that's set up to frustrate. So, and you think back to the 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 game earlier this season. Was it five one? Genie Rinaldo playing centre yeah, back. Yeah, and there. and Liverpool tore them apart well, didn't they? By the yeah. end of it, so. You know, I don't want to sit here overconfident, but I think Liverpool fans should be confident that they'll do the business.
0: Is this a strange thing, Gosty, in the sense that Liverpool fans are really frustrated that they've having to play this winning year in, which I think I'm going to copyright by the way, winning your in game with Brighton to get into the Champions League when they're already in a Champions League final. You know, it's it's you you trying to qualify for the tournaments that you are one game away mm. from winning. You know, ultimately. I suppose I'll put a load of questions to you here. The Liverpool fans came with some of the, the ones who were moaning about, well, why why, why have they fallen away here? Why haven't they done this, that and the other? Are, are they more bothered about getting top four because of the glory of potentially winning a Champions League? Or is it so it basically strengthens the, the
2: hand in the transfer window and so they can sign nice, shiny new players? Yeah, yeah, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Um, you can look at it both ways. But I, I think you might have a point about, you know, say Liverpool somehow conspired to lose against Brighton and then they get beaten in the final, the people are outside looking in aren't they and it's like you know what could have been what might have been who we're going to be able to attract now to kick on and basically launch that Premier League title challenge that so many fans hope and believe that is in the locker next season so it's a difficult one isn't it um but I think you know I think everyone would probably agree as well if you'd have said in August when Liverpool kicked off against Watford Last day of the season, you're going to have to play Brighton at home, beat them, and you're in the Champions League. Everyone was, was snatched it with two hands and, and said that will do us. Um, it's got so many hallmarks of, of the Middlesbrough game last season. and I do agree with James that I think it will be a nervy afternoon um, for however long it takes until the, the deadlock's broken. Um, and then I, th- I think it might turn into a bit of a procession. But also, I think it, it'll, ju- it'll just be there just to keep players sharp as well, a little bit, because what is it, two weeks between the Brighton game in the the Champions League final Um, and obviously they've got the week to kind of uh, rest and recover at the moment so I think it might just serve as a little sharpening as well and uh, hopefully that'll be the game where Mohamed Salah breaks all the records that are in front of them at the moment
0: I suppose it's one of those isn't it if if Liverpool beat Chelsea or draw with Chelsea there then you potentially and and he decides to rest players you're looking at a three week gap there with no no game that feels like a hell of a long time without Mm -hmm. much practice so it might actually help Liverpool that it's sort of transpired like this as long as you know they obviously get the job done we'll do predictions and all that later in the week I think when we know a bit more about who's fit who's not who's looking sharp etc um, just before we go then uh, it's the Player Awards as well on Thursday yep. um, so how many awards is Mohamed Salah going to win <laughs> how many available uh, what will he win obviously a win Players Player of the Year Yeah. fans Player of the Year Yeah. Goal of the Season yeah
2: which
0: one? The header against Leicester probably adds <laughs> it. Uh, Everton, the
2: one against Everton, Everton yeah, or yeah. even the one against Roma. Roma. Yeah. The one in the Very top four actually. Yeah, chance against Hoffenheim's up there for me, you know. If, if that's included, do you
3: remember that one? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Not bad shout. But
0: it's gonna be Shallow, um, isn't he? Egyptian young. of the
3: year. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> can he win a young player of the year? Uh, no. He can't. No. I think I think Trent Trent, Trent will yeah. walk away with young player of the year, won't he? Um, Academy player of the year.
1: Curtis yes, Jones Ooh, probably yeah. would be it's Curtis. Be, Adam Lewis, Adam Lewis is another show. Yeah,
3: he'd be a contender. Obviously, Rafa Camacho, another one that's made the leap in, uh, into Melwood. But yeah, yeah, I'd have thought Curtis is probably the the most likely. Say,
0: how transparent is this? Because obviously, with with Curtis, I think there's a there's a bit of a desire to not keep a lid on him, but you know, just sort of they don't want. I don't think Liverpool want him too much, you know, around him because he is seen as like a really good player and you know is, is there a chance you might say well we won't give him that because we don't we, you know we don't want this massive <laughs> ring around him let's give it let's give it to Conor Masterson
3: no I, I don't think that will have any impact on I think Neil Critchley I was down at the academy seeing him at the back end of last week because Liverpool in the 23s play their final Premier 2 game of the season against Chelsea yeah. at Anfield on Tuesday night 7 o'clock kickoff. and he was he was saying then that the, the way the environment is at the club you know that said you know I think his phrase was you know if you were a big head you wouldn't you wouldn't last too long because um you wouldn't get away with it um so no I, th- I don't think there's any massive danger of that I think Curtis Jones undoubtedly is a very confident young lad I think you only have to follow him on social media I think he he's certainly won that shrinking violet amongst the celebrations <laughs> in Rome um but I think that's part of his appeal for the the staff at the academy because you know he has you know, talent's one thing, but you've got to have the, the belief and the confidence that you're good enough to be there and um and prove that you belong and I think, you know, it's just a case of channeling channeling that the right way and um you know it looks like probably Curtis won't get his debut this season now because of of the way that things have panned out, but, you know, he'll be one of those players who will certainly be in contention in pre season when you know, at a time when Especially after the World Cup, Klopp's squad will be heavily depleted for the the opening friendlies, and I'd certainly expect to see him and, and Camacho as uh, as part of that. And the same goes for those lads who are out on loan. Of course, you know Grewic is now back; his season's over. The same with um, Harry Wilson, Ryan Kent. Um, obviously, Ojo once once he's finished at, at Fulham, you know, for those players coming back, you know, those early weeks of pre season are, are going to be kind of make or break in terms of. Proving that they've got a part to play um, next season. Will reambifus be as well? Should be, yeah, yeah. I think he was he's was on course for kind of July, July time. They hope he'll be he'll be back around. I mean, Klopp is seems you know he, he he's been very instrumental in ensuring that rather than Rian Bruce doing his rehab at the academy, he's doing it all at Melwood. You know, he wants him to feel part of the first team setup, and that's with a view to to using him in the pre-season games. So. Yeah, hopefully all of his rehab continues to go to plan because, you know, certainly we talk about Liverpool not having depth in terms of the front line. Well, you know, he's a massively talented young player who, who, who may well have even you know if he'd stay fit may well have leapt ahead of someone like Solanke at this over the last month. But um, you know, sadly, the injuries did for him in terms of the second half of this season. But yeah, he's got a, he's got a massive future ahead of him.
0: Thanks very much everybody, I think that will do us for this week, uh, well for the first episode this week, we'll be back on Thursday, let's see if he Doyle managed to get himself out of bed this time, uh, so thanks for joining us and we'll speak to you later in the week, bye now.